Welcome, welcome. You're listening to season six of Oh My Travel Podcast. A travel podcast that highlights women, people of color, and our travel community. I'm your host, Janine, a.k.a. The Wild Explorer. And I'm your co-host, Martha, a.k.a. Martha Getzet. We have a great episode for you today. So let's go. Welcome back, everyone. We have a very special guest. Um, Martha and I are very excited to have Zaira Solano, um, the founder of Solano Law Firm, with us. Um, so excited to have you, Zaira. Um, you work with uh, DACA recipients, and um, you have this amazing TikTok and Instagram. We've been binging on your uh, on your TikTok, and I love that. It's just, it's very educational, um, but also fun and you're just so informative. So we definitely wanna talk more about, you know, DACA recipients, like what is, what does DACA mean? What, you know, can and can't they do with travel? Um, So I just kinda, this is what the episode is gonna be about, but I, First and foremost, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us about Solano Law Firm and, um, you know, about what you do. Sure. Thank you so much for having me and for your support on social media. I've got to give a shout out to my marketing team because they are the ones <laughs> that really drive me to put that content out there and um, and then thank our followers as well because their response and their their questions and their DMs and even their text messages and phone calls to our office is really motivational for me to keep um, educating everyone on immigration and helping as much as we can, even for people who aren't our clients. So thank you, thank you um, for having me. As you said, I'm the founder of Solano Immigration Law Firm where we help immigrants build a better future. We are celebrating uh, our 10 year anniversary uh, next month. We're super excited. 10 years ago, it was me. $100, a cell phone, and a laptop. And that's how I started this business. And um, it's grown so much over the years um, in in a variety of different ways. We have multiple office locations. We've expanded from helping immigrants in Georgia to helping immigrants all over the United States. Um, We have a leadership team that really helps me um, manage the cases and all the different aspects of the business. And um, I am, you know, a Latina as well. My parents are from Dominican Republic. They immigrated here in the 80s. I'm first generation. And a lot of what I do and and who I am and and why I have this business and why I help the immigrant community is really just a way for me to express myself and my appreciation um, for my mom who gave up her dental career in another country to to have her children here in the United States where she knew we would have access to better education, better health care, and all-around opportunity. So what I'm doing now, she was not able to do. And, um, you know, it just gives me chills to talk about it and um, to thank her for for having me in this country and raising me here. Um, And then aside from that, I just, I love the work that we do. And in particular, DACA recipients are some of my favorite clients. They're young, they're energetic, they have dreams and aspirations. They want to go to college, they want to work, they want to do something positive with their lives. And when they realize in high school, most of them is that they're here undocumented and that all their friends are getting ready 
to take the um, SATs and to go on college tours and to get their, maybe their first job. And they're kind of left behind because they don't fit in anymore with their friends and they don't really know why. And when they find out, they don't have the courage um, and they're embarrassed to talk about it. And so I've seen a lot of DACA recipients hopes and dreams just come crashing down. And some of them have a really difficult time and um, DACA is what has allowed them to gain back that confidence to go to school, to work and to really um, start representing what immigrants are and, and showing America what they can do. That's amazing. Such a great story how, you know, it kind of came full circle. Um, your parents gave you this opportunity and now you want to give you want to pay it forward and give opportunities. Amazing, amazing. Um, so before we really get into DACA and just talking more about like immigration in general, um, we want to do a quick icebreaker. Martha and I always love doing this with our guests just to make it more personable. And, um, you know, you, you are, you are someone that we, you know, we see on TikTok and you have a personality. So <laughs> I, <do>. not... <laughs> I love the videos. I love them. Um, so yeah, we're going to do a this or that uh, icebreaker. So okay. go ahead with the first one. Um, so on a flight, do you prefer watching a movie or reading a book? Watching a movie. Same, same. <laughs> because I don't watch them at home. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, I have a screen in front of me. Let me see what's out there. And um, yeah, I, I'll usually pick like a documentary or something very nerdy. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's the only time I get to catch up on like what's, uh, what's, what's trending going on. <laughs> awesome. Um, true crime or courtroom dramas? Hmm courtroom dramas because they are so non-realistic <laughs> they're not the way the world really works or the legal system oh my god it must it's be... just interesting to watch yeah as like a lawyer like watching something like that I can't even imagine <laughs> yeah and it also explains why clients have not all of you guys but some have these far out there expectations and I'm like oh they get it from TV courtroom drama and immigration, mm -hmm. which is totally different than criminal and some civil stuff you see on TV. It's they just it's hard for clients to reconcile what they've been watching for years versus what actually happens. Wow, that's hilarious. All right, last this or that beach vacation or mountain getaway? Beach vacation, 1000%. <laughs> I love the like so fast, like I know it. <laughs> yes, I'm a Pisces. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but since my parents are from a Caribbean country where we have some of the most beautiful beaches in the world, um, I grew up in New Jersey where we have some of the ugliest beaches in the world. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and I was spoiled because every summer I went to Dominican Republic and I was in crystal clear Caribbean water. And so whenever we went down to the Jersey shore. We, I don't even think I got in the water. We just kind of sat by it and it was like, oh, I wish I was in DR right now because this water is not very pretty. But yes, I love, love, love. I can't tell you how much I love the beach. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah, Pisces and Dominican, of course. We love the beach. 
We'd love to talk more about your work and you mentioned um, DACA recipients are some of your favorite clients. Um, and for those that aren't too familiar, um, can you kind of break down what does DACA mean and you know who who is a DACA recipient or what is a DACA yeah. recipient? Yeah, so DACA is a program that was started by my president, Mr. Barack Obama himself uh, back in 2012. And it stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. And what it means is that Department of Homeland Security will literally defer action, AKA they will ignore, won't do anything against DACA recipients or deport them. Um, from the United States. It, it gives them temporary protection for a two-year period against deportation as long as the DACA recipient doesn't get arrested and committed or, or convicted of committing any crimes. Um, there is a huge population of people who are DACA recipients and people who currently qualify. And some of the very quick requirements is that this, the person was here in June of 2012 when Obama announced this program um, that they are enrolled in high school or college or have graduated from either, um, have been continuously physically present in the United States um, from 2007 until now, and um, that they don't have any type of crimes that would disqualify them. So for example, if they've got some speeding tickets, no big deal, but if they have a DUI, they're automatically disqualified. And through the DACA program, the recipients, like I said, are able to remain in the United States under this temporary status for a two year period. They get a work permit. Once they get a work permit, they also get a um, social security number. And in many states, the, that combination allows them to get a driver's license. DACA recipients are also known as dreamers. And sometimes people get the two terms confused and they kind of really mean the same thing. The reason that Obama issued the executive order in 2012 to start this program is because for years, Congress has been trying to pass the DREAM Act, which gives people who were brought to the United States as children before the age of 18, a pathway to citizenship and an opportunity to get a green card. So that whole entire population that would fall under the DREAM Act to get their green card because it's never been passed, they're called dreamers. Um, but now, you know, with the DACA program, we call them DACA recipients, but really it's the same thing. Okay, yeah, I've always heard it interchangeably. So that, thank you for, we're touching on that. Yeah, and people ask, I mean, on our on TikTok, I get questions all the time that's like, you know, well, what is a dreamer? Or what about a dreamer? Or what's the difference between a dreamer and DACA? And they're really the same thing. It's just, if you have DACA, you, you have the status, but all in all, they're, they're all the same category, the same group, people who were brought here as children. Got it. And if you were brought here, you know, past your 18th birthday, are you not eligible for DACA at all? You're not, and just to clarify, I'm saying 18th birthday, but for DACA, for DACA specifically, you actually had to enter the United States before your 16th birthday. 
for the DREAM Act and the Biden plan and all these things we're hearing about DACA recipients or young people getting a green card, they've uh, proposed that you that the requirement is bef entry before 18, but currently for the DACA program, you had to come here before your 16th birthday. And I cannot tell you how heartbreaking it is when I have a client in front of me and they came at like 16 and a week or mm -hmm. um, 17 or at any point after that, it, it's a, it's a black and white requirement, right? You can't change that. You can yeah. change if you didn't go to school, you can go get enrolled in a GED program and still apply for DACA, but you can't change the fact that you didn't come before your 16th birthday or that you weren't here since 2007 and some of the other um, physical presence requirements. Oh, wow. God, I can imagine how heartbreaking that is. That, oh, wow. It is. And people are like, yeah, but I went to school and I graduated. And I said, I know, but this is there. The requirements aren't or the requirements are one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. Like we have to show all of this. And if I send your application and we don't have evidence to support this, it's going to get denied and we're going to waste our time and your money. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard when people miss the cutoff by, you know, just a few days or a few weeks or even a few months. Um, so many people think that DACA recipients might not be able to travel. And then I watched one of your TikTok videos and you talk a bit about it and about a permit. I know it's not all black and white. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So DACA recipients can, and that's C-A-N, I did not say can't, they can travel um, abroad, but there are certain requirements and procedures that they must go through before traveling in order to mostly guarantee that uh, Customs Border Patrol will allow them to re-enter the United States. And that, that special permit that I talk about in my TikToks is called um, Advanced Parole. Why it's called advanced parole, I don't know. Everyone knows the term parole. Um, it's, it's in criminal court and people getting out of jail on parole. This parole is totally different and it's a Homeland Security term. But basically, if you have educational, um, humanitarian or employment reasons for travel abroad, then you can apply for this advanced parole travel permit, provide evidence to Homeland Security and it, of course, in advance of your uh, proposed travel dates. And once you get this travel permit, it's what you use to leave the United States and then to return and have no issues with CBP. Um, if you guys want, we could talk a little bit more about those three areas and what constitutes which one, but in general, that's what you need to do to travel outside the United States as a DACA recipient with current valid DACA status. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit further. Like, so there's different requirements if you're, you know, going to study abroad versus at, right. going on vacation. Right. So basically you can't request it for going on vacation okay. um, for, for the clients that we've helped. So educational is if you're, like you said, you're going to do a study abroad program, or perhaps you're going to do um, a semester long exchange program somewhere or your university is sending you on some kind of like international debate team competition or something like that um, for employment Ooh. purposes. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So as long as it's educational and you have the proof, that's what you can claim as educational purposes. 
would I, from, would um athletics count or fall into that as well just because you yeah. said debate but i mean you could be playing like a tournament you know in another country and that yep, would also be valid absolutely yeah we actually okay. had um i won't say the the school or or anything but we had um a football coach reach out to me who had a student playing on his team on a scholarship and they were going to some international competition and that's at the time that they figured out that this student was undocumented um this was a black student from a caribbean country who looked like just any other african-american and didn't have an accent and nobody knew or ever asked for a birth certificate when they were um getting him enrolled and, and issuing the scholarship etc so um, that person didn't have DACA and didn't qualify for DACA, but had this person had, uh, had DACA status, we would have applied for advanced parole for that competition. Oh, wow. Is it common, um, just like a side question, um, I guess in, in your experience um, with your clients, is it common that some of these students don't even know about their status? Yeah, it's, it's pretty common. So, you know, I see it in, in different ways. So with my, um, with my Latino clients, you know, primarily from Mexico, Central America and South America, it's in high school that a lot of them find out it's in high school when mom and dad break it down to them, when they want to go apply for that job. Um, or maybe want to enlist in the military or starting to find out about FAFSA and um, applications, that's when they find out. Um, I have other clients from um, Jamaica, Haiti, and other Caribbean countries that also find out around that time. I actually have one client, he served in the army and he went through basic training. He was getting ready to deploy to Afghanistan and they kept asking him for a birth certificate that he couldn't produce, both of his parents passed away when he was a child. And that's when he figured out that he was undocumented. Um, and then about 10 years later, when his driver's license was finally expiring, he comes to me and says, hey, I know my parents are from Jamaica. I don't have a birth certificate. I don't have a passport. I don't have anything except for this driver's license. What is my status? And we did the analysis and he had none and he was married to a US citizen. They had a house and they had three kids and I had to sit down with him and break it to down to his wife. Ma'am, you are married to someone who doesn't have any type of legal status and we need your help to get him squared away. So it happens more often than you can imagine. I, mean, I think that's what America is about. Just the fact that you're here and you speak the language and you blend in with the culture and all your friends are American, who would ever know? Like. Mm -hmm. No one's really asking you at a young age for proof of, of um, citizenship or anything like that. So it does happen a lot. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, can't imagine that um, or those type of conversations. Um, but circling back to um, travel and what makes you eligible um, to travel while having DACA status, um, can we go over those? Cause I mean, I've kind of like got sidetracked, but, um, it's with, yeah. for school reasons, um, you have to ha obviously have the DACA standing and be in good standing. So it's with school, 
no vacation, so no spring break in Cancun. Um, but what are some other things? So employment's another one. For example, mm-hmm. if you're going to, if you work at a at a company that's going to send you to another country to train people or to go to a conference as a attendee or as a speaker. Um, also, if you are going to some kind of course that benefits employment, yes, that's kind of educational, but if you're not enrolled in college or any type of um, study, but your employer wants to send you to go learn something new, um, that's also employment as well. And as long as you have proof of that, then you can definitely apply for advanced parole. Um, I don't know about you guys. Well, I do know about you guys. We do the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you mix work and and pleasure, right? When you travel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so if you're traveling for work and you're able to get advanced parole and while you're there, you want to do a couple of fun things, um, that's, that's part of traveling for employment. And I, I don't see an issue with that, but you can't just go specifically for vacation. Homeland security won't approve your travel permit for that reason. Okay. So if, um, if someone were to have DACA and they needed to travel, you know, there are, they've already graduated college, they're in, they're employed now and they needed to go for a wedding or a funeral. So any, anything that's outside of school and employment would be denied essentially. Uh, not necessarily. So there's this okay. third ground, uh, this third reason that you can get it. And it's kind of like a catch-all. It's called humanitarian. For the most part, humanitarian is considered as you having to obtain medical treatment or you attending funeral services for a family member or visiting a very sick or elderly relative. Um, the, those three that I mentioned are three that I personally have experience with that I've been able to um, get my clients' cases approved. But then I did a, an interesting one um, a couple years ago for a client, and he, his dad in Mexico, wanted to transfer some land um, ownership to him. And the way that it was being done, he physically had to be in Mexico in front of a notary to sign off on all the paperwork and and have it filed in front of a judge. And in that case, it wasn't medical treatment. It wasn't a sick family or dying family member. It wasn't a death or a funeral, but it had to get done in order for this to be legally valid. Um, And it's not like his dad was old or dying or anything like that. But we filed it along with all the necessary evidence and um, a letter from the judge, as well as the notary that he had to physically be present. And we were able to get his case approved. So humanitarian reasons um, really work when you have uh, an attorney who is experienced in this and can get creative and can show the absolute need for you to travel outside the United States and, and file that with Homeland Security. So that was a really cool one. I was excited about that case. I always like trying different and weird things <laughs> because not everything is black and white. And when it's not, that's where advocacy as a lawyer comes in. That's where our creativity comes in. And that's where we're like, okay, this is a circle. How can we put it in the square? Yeah. So we, we definitely know that it's a little bit more nuanced than this is no, this is yes. There's Right. Things can fall in between. Um, so thank you for sharing that. So I guess always consult a lawyer. Yeah. Thanks. 
end of <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing I forgot to say too for employment is um, if, if they send you to go work somewhere for whether it's a year or a few months, or if they want you to physically go to a meeting. I know where as a as a as a world, right? Not just as a country through the pandemic, everything seems to be virtual now, but there are still a lot of companies that like to get things done in person and like to have meetings in person. And so don't let the fact that the world is virtual um, in corporate America and, and everywhere else lead you to believe like, oh, there's no way they're going to approve me for, for advanced parole to go to a meeting in X country because they're just going to say I can do it via Zoom. Okay, yeah, they can say that. But if you have documentation from your company that says, no, you have to go in person, this is something we're requiring of you, then that's the end of that. And Homeland Security needs to accept it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that you say that because, yeah, I, I could see how some people could get easily discouraged. And I mean, you don't know until you, you try and you put yourself out there. And if you really want to do something, it's likely to happen if, if, you know, if everything lines up. Right. And you know how, what usually will get in people's way is they start talking to other people who know nothing about this and they mm -hmm. plant a little seed in their mind about <laughs> some challenge and it's like you said you don't know until you try and then beyond that I will not take no as an answer so we will try everything we can uh, in order to get all of our clients whether it's advanced parole DACA U visa TPS naturalization anything um, approved if we truly believe that they do qualify and Homeland Security is making an error by um, not approving a case. Got it. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so if you're a DACA recipient, you want to, you want to travel, you have this opportunity, uh, you know, it, it's either educational, you know, something that is in line with, with those uh, three different um, categories. What, what would you need from that client? Is there kind of like a checklist that you're like, okay, yeah. provide me with ABC? Yeah, so the first thing we're going to do is make sure that you are in valid DACA status, uh, simply because you have a work permit that says you have, have valid DACA status. There's questions we're going to ask you to make sure that you haven't violated it, which means you still legally um, have DACA status. So we'll do that first. Then we'll explore, you know, what are the reasons that you need to travel and, and figure out if it's educational, employment, or humanitarian. Um, we got to make sure you have a valid passport because the worst that can happen is we apply for advanced parole, it gets approved and then you don't have a passport to travel. You can't travel with your work permit. You need an actual passport from your home country. And, um, and then for documents is really, you know, the most important thing. Um, well, actually, you know, before I get to documents, we need to confirm what dates you wanna travel. We process these cases differently. If it's an emergency and your grandmother is on her deathbed, that is a total different process than if, you're going for educational or employment reasons and you have some flexibility on the dates. So we'll figure out the dates and the urgency first. Um, make sure that you haven't been arrested recently. And if you have, what the outcome of that case is, or if you have been arrested in the past, make sure that that's all dismissed and that we have paperwork in hand to, to, for you to use when traveling to show that. Um, and then make sure you don't have a prior deportation order 
maybe when you were a kid and you and your parents walked across the border, sometimes they don't know that. Uh, and I, I have to ask and get mom and dad involved to make sure that that's not some little secret that you've never been told uh, and make sure that you don't have an actual deportation case now. For documents, uh, every case is a little bit different, but let's say it's for medical reasons, like you need to go get some type of medical procedure done in your home country because it's too expensive to do it here and you don't have health insurance. Of course, we're gonna ask you for medical records. We're gonna ask you for any type of um, appointment confirmation that you have with a doctor abroad, um, any information on that doctor, maybe even a letter that says, hey, I'm so excited to, to meet you and discuss medical uh, condition XYZ, etc. Uh, if you have a very sick family member, we're going to ask you for their medical records, a letter from their doctor that explains the urgency of you being able to visit and um, that your family member might not have much time. And, and so whenever there's anything regarding medical, we're always asking for medical documents. Um, and then for employment and educational, kind of similar to medical, we just want to show Homeland Security that this reason for your travel is going to happen. So if you are going to a conference, we're gonna ask you for the conference you know, website information so we can include it. If you've already registered and you have confirmation, we're gonna ask you for that. Um, we're gonna ask for a letter from your employer that states when you need to go, where you need to go, why, et cetera. And then for educational reasons, we're gonna ask for similar documents that back up the fact that you need to travel for uh, educational reasons. Just to make it short, I can go on, but- No, 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 <laughs> I just wanna give you guys a, you know, the main point of pretty much what we're gonna do. Everything with Homeland Security is like that. You can't just tell them or write mm -hmm. down what you're gonna do. You need to have some evidence to back it up. Yeah. And then every, obviously every situation is different. So the checklist is going to vary depending on the reasons why. Right. Okay. Right. But then the basic stuff is the same, you know, that you have your DACA work permit, that you have a passport, um, birth certificate. If you've ever been arrested, court documents to show that they were dismissed, your case was dismissed or that it resulted in something that doesn't affect your DACA. Um, and then uh, filing fee, every application that Homeland Security receives and processes on behalf of our clients, you have to pay them a fee. And um, if you don't send it in, then they reject your application and send it back. And that's, I was going to be my next question. If there are any fees that come along with that, in addition to obviously like lawyer fees. Um, but yeah, if the government requires anything in order to even look at this application and if they reject it, you still have to pay it, obviously. Correct. Yeah. Uh, well, if they reject it, um, that means that they received it and they're not going to process it and process it, excuse me, and they send it back to you along with the check. If they deny your case, which means they processed it and they are not going to grant it, they're telling you no, then yes, they do keep the filing fee. They don't return that. Okay. So we so have to remember to, really keep some, to keep the money aside, <laughs> um, not only for travel, but for the process of getting there exactly. as well. Exactly. Yeah. And right now, let me do the math. So um, the application, the form is form I-131. That currently is $575. 
and they also require um, biometrics, which is fingerprints. They want to take your fingerprints in order to process your application, and that's another 85. So you're looking at $660 just to file your application for advanced parole and um, see what Homeland Security decides. So it's not cheap. Yeah. No. Yeek. Um, and if you're going for employment purposes, um, that is something you should ask your employer to cover that expense. Mm, exactly. Huh. <laughs> um, Zyra, this has been amazing. We could, I know we could go on and on. Um, so we'll have to, we'll have to have you back because there's just so many questions. Um, we asked this question to everyone. This is always our last question. Um, why do you travel? Because there is so much out there to see and I love uh, immersing myself in other cultures and understanding their perspective and how they see the world and what's important to them and what they like to eat and how they spend their afternoons and how they work, um, etc. So that's my reason to see and then also to experience other people's cultures and get different perspective on life. So beautifully said. I love it. That's a perfect reason to travel. Even, although we really don't need any reasons to travel. <laughs> Just getting out <laughs> right? there, right? Just because. Just yeah. because. But thank you so much. And um, we just wanted to keep it focused on DACA. I know there's like so like undocumented travel and um, U visas and, you know, other things like that. But we didn't want to get the episode too convoluted. So thank you for um, just this glimpse into DACA. We really, really appreciate it. You're so welcome. I'm thrilled to be on here. And that second episode you guys want to do on DACA believe me, there's so much to talk about um, regarding even traveling within the United States because DACA recipients are generally a little bit afraid and scared um, to travel from one state to another, even though they can. So I'd love to be back on. Thank you again so much. And um, I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day. Likewise. Thank you so much. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, All over the place. (laughs) So (laughs) they can... um, follow me on TikTok and I'm just gonna give you my sorry my TikTok handle um which is Solano Immigration Lawyer they can also um find me on Instagram and on Instagram we are Solano Immigration Law Firm um on Facebook we're on we're Solano Law Firm and our website is solanofirm.com so Basically, if you search on Google Zyra Solano, I'm sure all of this will come up. And um, if you follow us, you'll get lots of valuable information, like you guys mentioned at the beginning. Um, A lot of what we do is educating our people, educating the immigrant community, because representing them and getting your legal um, status is awesome. And one way that we impact the immigrant community, but the other way is also through our education on social media. So I hope to see you guys on there. Yes, perfect. We're linking everything in the show notes. Thank you again, Zyra. Um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care. That's our episode. Please remember to subscribe and follow for new episodes dropping every Tuesday. If you enjoyed our show and our guests, please feel free to follow us on Instagram at Oh My Travel Podcasts at the Wild Explorer, and at Martha Gets It.
And please feel free to share this with your friends and leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye.